Hello, welcome to today's Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. I'm your host, Brother Walter Terrell. Thank you so much for joining in today. I do apologize. It's been a good while since the last we uh, made a podcast uh, with the holidays coming up and everything. It's just been really crazy busy. Uh, I have been on the continent of Africa as well. I was there for about two weeks, but thank the Lord I'm back in the States now. I do appreciate what God did while we were over there. We saw right at 459 souls saved to the glory of God, and we praise the Lord for that. And I also want to say thank you for listening today, uh, because um, if it wasn't for you, this podcast wouldn't be where it is at today. I got a statistic from um, uh, Spotify talking about the podcast, and on January the 4th of this year, we released our first episode of the year, and that episode was called Having Done All to Stand. And I tell you, friend, that was really awesome there. And uh, we also made some new friends on the podcast in our first streams. Uh, we got our very first streams out of the country, uh, continent rather, of Africa, around South Africa. So we praise the Lord for that. Also, we had about 40% growth uh, in the podcast this year. And we also uh, had a lot of moments together. And 33 fans listened to this podcast more than any other podcast. And so I want to say thank you. From the bottom of my heart, again, and also about 39% of our fans uh, listen between the hours of 5 p.m. and 11 p.m., making it the most popular time and a perfect way to unwind from a long day. So praise the Lord for that. Um, also, during the podcast, we released about 494 minutes of content across 25 episodes. And again, let me say thank you so very much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. And I'm going to try my best to start putting more out um, uh, than I have been here lately. And I do thank the Lord for you all listening. And with that being said, let's go ahead and look in today's uh, uh, scripture podcast for today's podcast. And it's going to be in James Chapter number four, we're going to look in verse number one down through verse number 10. The word of God says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Thank God I am glad that God gives grace. Amen. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye uh, sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, 
and he shall lift you up. As I'm going to read for the sake of time, may God add his blessing to the reading of the Word of God here today. You know, as a child of God, out of all the things that we have in our arsenal today, one of the greatest things that you and I uh, can learn to do in this life, the most important thing you and I can learn to do in this life, and that is to pray. One day, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him for some instruction. They did not ask how to heal the sick. They did not inquire about how to raise the dead. They were not interested in Jesus' secret for walking on the water or even his recipe for multiplying the loaves of bread and fish. When they came to Jesus, they asked a very simple elementary thing. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. You see, these men knew that prayer was central to everything else in their relationship with Almighty God. They wanted to have a prayer life like the one they saw in Jesus. And for any mind, it's like this. You and I who are saved by the grace of God, we need to learn how to pray. Everything in our personal walk with God, as well as our corporate walk as a church, hinges on our ability to pray. Prayers that are heard and pray prayers that are answered. This passage of scripture has some important things to say about the matter of prayer. As a matter of fact, in these verses that I just read in your hearing, it gives you and I some simple steps to a victorious uh, prayer life. And so with that being said, I wanted to share them with you today because I believe we all want to know how to have an effective, powerful prayer life. And I believe that God wants us to have that kind of prayer life too. Amen. I believe that God, that that kind of prayer life is available to every one of God's dear children today. And with that being said, I want to preach on the subject for just a short while, victorious steps to a to the prayer life or steps to a victorious prayer life. Steps to a victorious prayer life. How do you have victory when praying? How is it that you come about and have victory while you pray. Well, number one, let me say we should avoid forsaking prayer. Avoid forsaking prayer. Back in verse number one, <clears throat> excuse me. Back in verse number one, down to verse number two, you'll find that um, you'll find that there is a people here who are going after life. They're trying to get everything they can by any means necessary that they can. They fight. They scheme. They plan. They kill. They work. They war. They hate. All in an effort to get the things that they think that they need. And the Apostle James tells them that they lack the things that they are after in life simply because they do not ask for them. How many times have you and I been guilty of the same thing? We operate within the realm of our own power, leaning upon the arm of the flesh. And for any mind, it's like this. The arm of the flesh will fail you. Striving in our own energy to obtain, obtain the things we want and think we need, but we fail to get them because we do not take time to ask Almighty God. You see, there is no problem in your life, the life of the church, the city, the county, the state, or even this nation or the world that cannot be solved by the avenue of prayer. When God's people begin to call on his name in the right way, they become partakers of God's power, God's peace, and God's glory. It is prayer that links our lives with God's omnipotent power. We need to learn to utilize his power, and that can only be done, my friend, by way of prayer. It's like this. We struggle, we strain, we war, we wrestle, but we cannot achieve what we want. Could it be that we failed at a very obvious point? Could it be that we have failed to call on the Father and enlist his help in a situation? You see, friend, God wants to bless us, and God wants to move in our lives in great power and great glory, but oftentimes he doesn't because we simply do not ask. And prayerlessness is a sin. Prayerlessness, my friend, is a sin. We are commanded to pray. 
1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Uh, Luke 18.1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And to fail to pray is to commit sin. It's kind of like this. A little boy one time was asked to move a very heavy object. And so he, he, he pushed, he pulled, he tried to pick it up, and he could not move that very heavy object. He got himself in situations so very uh, uh, stressful that he just about quit and give up. And he looked at his father and said, Daddy, I just can't move this thing. Daddy, I can't do it. And the father said, Yes, you can, boy. Don't give up. You keep on trying. Well, the boy kept on trying and kept on trying, and still to no avail. And the little boy looked at the father and said, Father, I'm telling you, I just can't do it, Father. I just don't know how to do it. The father looked at the boy and said, Son, you're my child, and I love you. Son, I've been right here the whole time, and not one time have you asked me to help you move that heavy object. And a friend of mine is just like us a lot of times. We try to get things done within our own power. We don't pray. We don't ask God. But yet, God is there the whole time waiting on us to call upon his name. You know, Jeremiah 33.3 is still in the Bible. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You see, God has some great and mighty things in store for the child of God if only you and I would ask. And so, number one, steps to a victorious prayer life is, first of all, avoid forsaking prayer. Just pray, friend. Don't forsake prayer. Pray. If it's just five minutes, so be it. But, um, you know, just find time to pray. Not only should you avoid forsaking prayer, but secondly today, avoid foolish praying. Avoid foolish praying. Verses 3 through 4, uh, James says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Avoid foolish praying. Now James tells them that there are times when they do pray and they still don't get what they ask for because they have the wrong motive behind it. They're asking for things that promote their self. They're asking for things and praying unacceptable prayers and God simply will not answer that kind of praying. We are kidding ourselves, friend, if we think God will underwrite our selfishness. Amen. The kind of praying James is referring to is praying that does not even consider the glory of God, much less make it first priority. This kind of praying seeks selfish, seeks what it wants without regard to what God wants. This kind of praying, my friend, is self-centered, selfish, and basically sinful. It will not be heeded by the Lord. How oftentimes are you and I guilty of praying for frivolous things without any regard uh, for God's will in the matter. What if God gave you everything you asked for? Oh, my friend, wouldn't we be in a mess if God gave us everything we asked for? This kind of praying gets no higher than the ceiling, my friend. But the right kind of prayer always seeks the will of God first and foremost. Notice what James said in verse number four. He tells us that being the friend of the world violates our fellowship with God and hinders our lives. He uses the terms adulterers and adulteresses. He's using this as a metaphor of marriage. Imagine a man and a woman get married. They're in love and things go well for a while. And after a time, the wife develops what we call a roving eye. She has wandering eyes. Uh, she finds herself another man and begins to spend her time with him and to give him her love. Now, suppose while living this way, she goes back to her husband and asks him for things like money, a car to drive, a place to live, and things like that. What do you think that husband's response is going to be? 
Absolutely not, he says. Most men will give her an absolutely loud no. You've cheated on me. You you just, you know, be on your merry way. Well, when you and I were saved by the grace of God, we became the bride of Christ. We are to remain pure and unspotted from the world. Our love, our worship, and our allegiance is to be to Jesus Christ and Him only. Amen. When we embrace the world and ignore the Lord, we can forget effective praying. Those two do not go together. When we commit spiritual adultery against the Lord, it will mean that our prayers will go unanswered and you cannot be a friend of the world and walk a worldly path and expect God to keep on blessing your life. Amen. God loves you and he desires to meet your needs, but he expects you to walk with him in a devotional, devoted love and relationship. Anything else forfeits his power and his answers to your prayers. Uh, Psalm 66 verse 8 puts it like this. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Proverbs 15.8, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. And I love Proverbs 15.29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. So how do you have a victorious prayer life? Well, number one, avoid forsaking prayer. Don't forget to pray. Amen. Prayer is the most important part of the Christian life. Number two, avoid foolish praying. Don't pray outside of the will of God. I often say it like this, if God put it in your heart, pray for it and watch it come to pass. Amen. Watch it come to pass. You see, the Bible does say, I believe it's Psalm 34 or Psalm 37, 4, 37, 6, somewhere around there. It's in the Psalms. I know that. Psalm 30. Um, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, how do you avoid foolish praying? Number one, avoid, or how do you have a victorious prayer life? Number one. You avoid forsaking prayer. Number two, you avoid foolish praying. But last of all, number three, you adopt faithful praying. Adopt faithful praying. We want to avoid uh, those forsaken prayers and those foolish prayers. But friend of mine, we want to learn to pray prayers that are heard in heaven and answered in our lives. The next few verses share some powerful principles that teach us about the kind of praying that we need to adopt in our lives. Verse number five, we need to learn to be sensitive. The Bible says this, do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? You see, this verse literally means the spirit of God in your heart has a strong desires and he is very jealous for the glory of God. James is telling us that we need to be sensitive to the voice of the spirit of God in our prayer lives. The spirit only desires that which brings glory to God. He wants God to get every bit of the honor, the glory, and the praise due to his name. And friend, if we learn to hear the voice of the Spirit, he will teach us to pray for those things which honor God. He knows the mind of God. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. He will share the mind of God with us and teach us to pray proper prayers. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. And so, Learn to hear the voice of the Spirit of God and watch God revolutionize your prayer life and mine. Amen. So adopt a faithful praying prayer life. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Number uh, two, be submissive to the Holy Spirit. Verse number six says, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, 
he saith, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. One of the things the Spirit of God will do in our lives is make us more submissive to the Father. Did you know that prayer is not about getting what you always want from God? Prayer is about God working in our lives uh, to line our will up with His will. When we get to the place where we want nothing but God, or where we want nothing but what God wants, when His will becomes our will, when we are willing to surrender all of our plans, our goals, our dreams, our wants, and our wishes, then we are ready to see God move and answer to our prayers. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, don't you notice what he told them first? He said unto them, When you pray, say this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. The first Adam missed this in the Garden of Eden. He said, Not thy will, but mine be done. And guess what? Adam got into trouble, didn't he? As a matter of fact, he caused so much trouble that we are still paying for that price today that Adam called so many years ago. Our objective in prayer is not to be in God's will to ours. It is to forsake our will and embrace God's will uh, totally. When we come to the place where we are willing to come into his presence humbly and broken, God will answer our prayers. As long as we feel like we can strut into the throne room of God and call the shot telling God, what he is going to do, friend of mine, then our prayer life will amount to nothing. You don't tell the God of heaven what to do. Amen. You don't do that. He tells us what to do. But again, I go back to Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. If God put it on your heart, if God placed it in your heart, pray about it and watch what God does with it. Amen. God is looking for a broken, humble people that he can pour out his blessing upon number also i tell you what in verse number seven be steadfast verse number seven puts it like this submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he will flee from you james tells us next that part of achieving a victorious prayer life is learning to stand against the devil did you know that prayer is a warfare that's why most of our prayers are not answered that's why most of our prayers are not answered we see prayer as an opportunity to share our wish list with the Lord in the hopes that he will give us the things we desire. Friend, God is not a genie in a bottle. God has chosen to work through his people's prayer life. Be steadfast. Stand against the devil. If you make up your mind right now that you're going to be a prayer warrior, you'd better look out because the devil will fight you tooth and nail. He will stir up the flesh, and the flesh hates prayer as much as the devil does. He will give you limitless reasons why you should not bother praying. He doesn't care what you do as long as you don't get involved in serious, agonizing prayer. For he knows that the power of God is manifested through the prayers of his saints. But if we can resist his temptations to avoid prayers, and if we can learn to view prayer as warfare, then, friend, you can see victory despite the devil. If you want to put the devil on a run, then develop your prayer life, and he will have a hard time getting around you. Amen? And so <clears throat> resist the devil, and he'll flee from you and start praying. I'll tell you something else. James said in verse number 8, be separated. He says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. No man can come to God with dirty hands, a divided heart, and a double mind. Let me say that again. No man, woman, boy, or girl, that say by the grace of God, can come to God with dirty hands, a divided heart, and a double mind. No man can come to God with open sin in his life. 
No man can come to God if his heart is divided between the world and the Lord. No man can come to God if he is trying to face two ways at the same time. You see, victory in our prayer lives demands that we come clean before the Lord and repent of our sins. It demands that we turn loose of the world and set our hearts and minds upon God. God cannot and will not bless the prayer life of a person who wants the best, best of both worlds in God's kingdom. It's either, it is either or, but it's not both. It's either God or the world, but it cannot be both. So be separated. Amen. If you want your prayer lives answered, be separated. Also, verses 9 through 10, and we're about done here, be sincere. Be sincere. The whole point of these two verses is that we need to take this matter of praying seriously. In all honesty, much of our prayer life is done in a hurry. Verses 9 through 10 says, Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Be sincere about praying. Get involved in it, friend. Be serious and sincere about it. Um, it's like this. When we get serious about praying, there will be a broken heart over the lost sinner. There will be tear-dimmed eyes seeking the presence and power of God. And we need to return to the bro in, in brokenness before the Lord. We need to return to fervent prayers that ring the prayer bells of glory. Amen. And so, friend of mine, we need to learn how to pray. So be sincere about it. Let me say this. Psalm 66 verse 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Proverbs 15 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Proverbs 15 29 says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteousness. So, how do you have a victorious prayer life? Well, number one, you avoid forsaken prayer. Number two, avoid foolish praying. Number three, you also, um, not only should you avoid foolish praying, but also you have, you adopt, rather, faithful praying. You adopt faithful praying. So, friend, there you have it. There is a, steps to having a victorious prayer life. So let me ask you, how is your prayer life? If it isn't all that it should be, then now's the time to get it right. You can confess your sin and seek God for a renewed burden to pray. Maybe you want to bring your lost family members to God in prayer and weep before them before the Lord. Maybe you need to bring to God uh, your prayer life for your ministry, for your church, for the will of God in your life, for your brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling today. Maybe you want to uh, go to God and, and claim the victory over the devil. Maybe you're out of God's will and you need to get right with him. Maybe you've got a desire in your heart that you know God's placed there. Maybe you want to ask God to help you get that desire fulfilled. Whatever it is, my friend, whatever it may be, take it to the Lord in prayer. And like I said, if God placed it in your heart, the Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. If God put it in your heart, pray for it and watch what God will do. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been Brother Walter Terrell with the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast. And I pray that you have a victorious prayer life. And please remember to pray for myself and my family as we travel and, and uh, do the will of God. And um, I pray that wherever you're listening at today, whether it be day or night, I pray that you have a good day or night just on purpose.